wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back, so deal with it. Let's do this! Finally, The Rock has come back! Live TV is awesome. The spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run Welcome back, folks, to WrestleRent Radio right here on EC Radio for April 28th, 2015. I am your host with the most, Graham Jesus and Matthew, sitting alongside the very always excited RJ, ready to talk about Extreme Rules Raw, King of the Ring, and much, much more. RJ, how's it going today? Doing good tonight, Graham. On the eve, or actually not on the eve, on the night of one of my favorites, Alex Riley's birthday. I know he's not a favorite out there, but Alex Riley, hashtag say it to my face, hashtag you're dismissed, celebrating his 34th birthday here today, RJ. Are you pumped about that? The theme song you like, though. He's got a good theme song. I guess. But still, we're talking about King of the Ring. We're about to get into that, which is something you do care about. And you did enjoy King of the Ring on Sunday. Or, excuse me, Extreme Rules. So we're about to get into that. But we are being joined here today by a very special guest at Raw's Gibby, Zach McGibby, fellow podcaster. Zach, how's it going today? Uh, it's going good, guys. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. All the more insight, all the better. So, like I said, it's not on? I don't think so. Let's There you go. There you go. Are we on? Are you on? Fuck, is it even on? I don't know. Am I? I don't know. I can't hear you. Let me see if it's working. There we go. There we go. There we go. So introduce yourself once again, RJ. Sorry about that. I'm doing good tonight, Graham. Whatever schmuck is in the studio before is so the mute button on your on your mic. So there's a conspiracy. There's a C-O-N spiracy going on here in the, in the Seriously, radio. Seriously, all right. Thank <laughs> God I can hear myself now, so that's good. Well, speaking of our truth, he was in the King of the Ring tournament this past week. Actually, just now. He made it to the semifinals, much to our surprise, uh, facing... Who did he face? He faced Bad News Barrett, didn't he? He lost to Barrett in the semifinals, but he beat Stardust. In the opening round, but still, we'll, we'll kick off with that. That just concluded on the WWE Network, the King of the Ring Tournament 2015, back for the first time since 2010, being won by the very own Bad News Barrett. So I'm very happy about this. I'm a huge Bad News Barrett fan. I think it's great that he's finally getting pushed, but take it with a grain of salt. The guy's been pushed in the past, and Sheamus, when he won King of the Ring, he lost every single match he was a part of. So you got to wait and see. But RJ, any initial thoughts on the 2015 King of the Ring Tournament? Uh, I thought it was good. Some people, I think the the lineup could have been a lot better. I think it was kind of like the best of the mid card, I guess. Besides our truth, I don't even know why I was in it. Um, we were talking about this earlier. Our truth and Stardust should not have been a match. Should have been our truth and Harper, and have Harper going further. But I Wade Barrett's good for me. Hopefully, he drops the bad news stick, and um, hopefully, he's treated right. He's been pushed and deep pushed so many times. The guy. Just needs some direction. So hopefully this King Barrett stuff works out for him and he gets back to his line of work that he had when he came out of the Nexus. I'm hoping so. The guy's gotten – he hasn't been really given many breaks. And when he has been, he's either literally gotten broken his arm and whatever. I mean, he's had so many injuries over the years. But, you know, they, they give him these stupid-ass gimmicks and then they expect him to get them over, in which he does – 
but then they pull the rug right underneath him, right from underneath him. Um, they told him to stop delivering bad news and all this other stuff. So it's been really weird, the booking of Barrett the last couple of months. But um, I do look forward to seeing how he progresses as King of the Ring. I mean, he's a fellow European, the third consecutive European to win the uh, King of the Ring tournament. But like I said before, though, Sheamus was not very well booked when he won the crown, when he won the tournament five years ago. So only time will tell as far as how Barrett will be booked going forward. I mean, this is coming off of... How many months of losses for Bad News Barrett? This guy's been so badly booked since he came back from injury back in January. So I'm hoping for the best. I've got my fingers crossed that um, big things are in store for Mr. Bad News. But, Zach, what were your thoughts on the King of the Ring tournament, the combatants, and the eventual winner, Bad News Barrett? Uh, I was fine with the King of the Ring tournament. Uh, I thought it was uh, pushed way too quickly. I felt uh, it should have been expanded out a couple more uh, weeks, maybe just go make a one-month-long thing and maybe uh, – sell your final on at payback um but i did like this tournament i'm fine with bad news barrett being the uh, king of the ring um i i do think this could lead to something in the future for barrett but as you mentioned before uh, the last time uh the king of the ring was won by sheamus uh he was not booked very well at all in fact he lost almost every single match so take that with a grain of salt as you mentioned but hopefully this renews some sort of push in barrett and maybe we get some more interesting ideas with uh Bad News Barrett delivering some bad news from a throne, maybe, since he is the king. Mm -hmm. So, who knows? We'll see. Something like that would be really cool to see. But as you mentioned, though, Barrett is the guy that's been, I don't know, the guy's been so horrendously used since he came back, much less over the last five years. But you made a really good point that the King of the Ring, in that I read a report just before, like about an hour or two ago, and how legitimate this is, I mean, you never really know. Like we said, we got to take everything you read with a grain of salt that you read on the internet, much less, you know, the dirt sheets and whatever. But um, I guess there was a rumor, there was plans at one point to stretch the King of the Ring tournament out for a few weeks. And I don't know why they rushed it to only one week, but I do like the aspect that it's on the WWE Network. I'm not saying do it all in one night as they have before. They've done that with the 08 show, the 2010 installment. I think, as you said, it would have been better had they stretched it out a little bit more, not to just back-to-back -back nights and maybe do the, the finals at payback or whatever. There was a lot of speculation as to whether to bring back the pay-per-view itself, which I think would be really, really cool. The King of the Ring pay-per-view hasn't been around since Lesnar won it back in 2002. And I thought that was a cool show, and they can bring back that back hopefully down the line. This was only a test run, but more WWE Network original content, the better, um, which I think is awesome for the network. A lot of cool stuff coming up this week, but I do agree that it should have been stretched out a little bit more. Uh, Arja, do you feel like it could have been expanded upon a few more weeks, or do you think just the two-night deal was fine? I think for who was in it, I think the two nights were fine. I think if we had more main eventers in it, I think it could have easily spread it on a couple more weeks, but there wasn't that many people in this tournament that people were really interested in seeing win. I don't think most people really cared. Once Ambrose got out, I don't think people really cared, and Ziggler at that point. But I think if you had the guys like Reigns or Reigns, Wyatt, Cena, Rusev, any of those guys, like even Rollins could have been in it. People would have been more interested, and they could have easily expanded more than the two nights. But I think they just test run and see what happened. But how good can a two-day test run really be? Well, I mean, I think that for the combatants alone, I think the booking of it was weird. I mean, my major flaw with it was having R-Truth in there, much less win and get him to the next to the next round. I mean, at the expense of Cody Rhodes, Stardust, whatever, I thought it was stupid. Um, but that being said, though, I feel like they could have been doing so much more with this tournament in, in, in terms of the combatants. And, I mean, you can only expect so much when they throw it out there at the last minute. I mean, they threw it out there as a 
literally, you blink and you missed it, the, the advertisement for the tournament. And I feel like they could have been doing more with it. But um, that being said, though, I feel like with this tournament, if you put more people that more people cared about, like you said, Ryback and Wyatt and all those guys, it could have fared better. It could have fared better for the tournament itself. And maybe I mean, like when what was the opening match tonight in the semifinals? The semi, the second semifinals was Barrett and Neville, or it Barrett was and Truth and uh, yeah, R Truth and Barrett. Was and the opener. first one was Neville and Sheamus. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like by that point, when Neville won, you know Barrett's gonna win. Like there's no excitement. Why not just? flip it around or you know I don't know I feel like the way they could have booked it was could have been a little bit better and this stuff with Ziggler like we talked about before the show with that with having him cost Ambrose the win was a little bit weird too why not just have him attack him right off the bat like some weird logistical issues but still though I like the tournament I like the fact that Bad News Barrett won it's a nice little gimmick for him and like you said before RJ hopefully can kind of either move away from that or as Zach said maybe give bad news from the throne so I like the King of the Ring tournament hopefully it's here to stay for years to come and hopefully it does uh does a great deal in getting Barrett back on track. But Extreme Rules on Sunday night. Um, a very good pay-per-view, in my opinion. I thought it was a good show, and a good, solid show, um, coming off the heels of WrestleMania, one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. And some things to dissect. We're going to rewind it, recap it, take a look back at it, maybe overanalyze it a bit. This is WrestleRant Radio, after all. Um, but the biggest talking point coming out of this pay-per-view, we'll start with it right now, with the opening matchup itself. I mean, we'll talk about the title match. That's the biggest talking point. But we'll go for a match-by-match review here. Um, kicking it off with Dean Ambrose and Luke Harper. We won't mention the kickoff match because we already kind of gave our thoughts on Neville and Barrett. Um, but still, I feel like with the opening match between, Han- between Luke Harper and Dean Ambrose, it was a good match, and I feel like they could have been doing more, though, with those guys on the streets of Chicago. You know, with having them go out there, I feel like it was something new and different. But they could have been doing a lot more with it. But I did enjoy it for what it was worth. So, Zach, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on Luke Harper versus Dean Ambrose on Sunday night at Extreme Rules? Uh, I liked the chaos of the match. I thought it was quite fun. As you mentioned, I would have liked to have seen a sort of a, a street fight, as in actually seeing them fight on the streets of Chicago, then come back into the rain and see all that uh, ending progress. Um, but I did enjoy this match. It was quite fun. Uh, and uh, it's a big win here for Ambrose, who's been really needing a pay-per-view win. Uh, over the past couple of months. So uh, hopefully this catapults Dean Ambrose into something uh, new, um, whether that be continuing with Harper or maybe somebody else, I don't know. But I'm ver- I was very uh, glad to see this match, and I'm glad to see Dean Ambrose win because he's one of my more personal favorite uh, wrestlers in WWE right now. I agree. I absolutely agree because it was, I think the last time he won a match on pay-per-view was like payback of last year, which was like nine or ten months ago. So he was long overdue. Luke Harper kind of held his own as well for a very good match. And um, as you mentioned, I feel like they could have done more with the kind of on the streets of Chicago, a little bit more footage, whether they taped it live or beforehand or something. I felt like they could have kind of could have done a little twist on Goldust versus Piper from WrestleMania 12. That would have been pretty cool. But for what it was, though, I thought they made the most of it. The first ever Iron Man match in, in years, seemingly. Um, the match did almost come about an hour long. I think it said 56 minutes on Wiki, I think it was. But fun for what it was. Could have done more with it, but I did enjoy it for what... Um, for what it was. So, RJ, what were your thoughts on Luke Harper versus Dean Ambrose? I'm going to go the same with you guys. So I think it was a good match. I think it was, like they should have used the street fight stipulation more. I think it's so dumb how they have to pin him in the ring. It's a street fight. They should be able to pin him out of the arena. It's outside the arena if it comes down to it. And like you said, they should have showed them fighting outside the arena in the streets. They took off in a car and then just came back. Yeah. But um, it was good for what it was. Like you said, it's a different twist that we haven't really seen. And it was good to see Ambrose win because he hasn't won on pay-per-view in a while. A big win. What do, well, that being said, what do you think is next for Dean Ambrose? 
Where does it go um, from here? Well, I, well I, I think in terms of Dean Ambrose, uh, as I mentioned, maybe he continues with Harper. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, he, he, he has conquered Harper in a street fight, so maybe maybe we see a move on. Uh, I was going to say Ryback, but Wyatt, Wyatt's taking on uh, Ryback. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it seems like they're building something with Ziggler. Uh, even though he is facing Sheamus, maybe we'll see a triple threat, a payback between Ambrose, Ziggler, and Sheamus. Uh, maybe that's something we see in the future, especially with Ambrose getting screwed out of the uh, out of his chance of getting the King of the Ring after Ziggler got involved. So mm-hmm. maybe that's where they go next. But otherwise, I actually have not a clue, other than maybe Harper, on what Ambrose could do next. No, that's actually a good theory. We were talking about that before the show in that he did cost him the King of the Ring qualifier on Monday night, and they have to explain that away somehow. I mean... Ambrose essentially got screwed. I mean, you could make an argument that he was going to lose anyway because he got bro kicked on the side of the ring, and he would have lost by count-out. But regardless, though, he did have the match cost by Sheamus. But still, yeah, I feel like that would be the only logical direction to go with him right now. We only have two more Raws until the next pay-per-view, so there's only so much they can do with Dean Ambrose until then. Uh, but a triple threat with with uh, Ziggler and Sheamus would be pretty nice, and we'll get into that matchup next. But any other thoughts on what they could do next with uh, Dean Ambrose? They can go against Rusev. I feel like that's a heel after Cena. They could after have payback. You mean. Yeah. Okay. But then, like you said, till payback, I'd just say stick with Harper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for right now, yeah, payback. I don't know. We'll get into that they're, later. They're too. already doing a triple threat between Orton, Reigns, and Rollins. You don't need another one on the card. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. It's not really all that often that we see many, that we see two triple threats on one show. Um, but yeah, I think that could be a nice direction they can go in down the line. Because as we mentioned before, do you think they could turn Dean Ambrose heel? Maybe at some point? Yeah, I think they're going to blast him as a face as long as they can. Yeah. Well, I mean, they need more heels right now, especially with Kane going babyface, you know, sooner rather than later. So hopefully we'll get some top heel and in, in, in someone in one form or another at some point in the near future. Um, but yeah, that was Luke Harper versus Dean Ambrose to kick off the show. Pretty nice matchup, as I said before. Up next in the card... A kiss-me-arse match. We've ranted about the stipulation before. There's really no need in doing it now. But the match itself, though, between Dolph Ziggler and Sheamus was actually really, really good, which should come as no surprise. These guys have great chemistry together. Um, no exception, no different on Sunday night. A really nice matchup. And to the surprise of everyone watching on the WWE Network and watching live in Chicago, Ziggler emerged victorious in clean fashion. But Sheamus did not kiss Ziggler's arse, I guess. Um, when Ziggler uh, got his got low blowed by Sheamus, and then Sheamus just kind of walked off, not living up to the stipulation, which was probably for the better. Um, but a very good match. I thought it was smart booking all around. Ziggler got a nice win out of it. Sheamus keeps his heat. You knew that he wasn't going to kiss Ziggler's ass. So for everything, for all you know, intents and purposes, I thought it was a really, really good match. So RJ, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the booking and the match itself between Ziggler and, and Sheamus on Sunday night? I think I think everyone had to see this coming. Once Ziggler won, I knew he was gonna kiss. He was gonna kiss Ziggler's ass. He's a heel. He's not gonna stoop down to that level and kiss the face's ass. I knew he was gonna blow blow him. Bro kicks him and makes Ziggler kiss his ass. It's so it's not like it's just booking one on one. I know and I think if anyone watches watched the product for a while, they knew that uh, Sheamus was gonna kiss his ass. If he did, then it would have killed all Sheamus has had happened since he came back. So I think it was a good match. Saw it like once Ziggler won, I knew he was going to kiss his ass, and I think it's good heat for Sheamus to just make Ziggler kiss his ass and leave. Exactly. I mean, like you said, I feel like anything that if Sheamus was to have kissed Ziggler's ass, which they're not going to do anyway. Thankfully, they didn't have the they didn't have either guy to live up to the stipulation. They kind of did it, but thankfully not fully, of course. But you know, with Sheamus, he's been doing really, really well since he came back. I'm no Sheamus fan, but I am a fan of the way that he's been portrayed since he came back as the badass heel. 
knocking out these underdogs left and right. I like the gimmick. He has a motive. He has a purpose. And he's finally doing something that people care about, which is the, for the first time in how many years? Since he was like last heel, you know, like four or five years ago. It's been a long time. So I enjoyed the matchup, enjoyed the booking. Uh, Zach, what did you think of it? Uh, I thought this match was good. I also liked the booking. It made both look really strong in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there were moments where it kind of dragged a little bit, uh, especially after uh, Ziggler got the uh, pinfall victory. Um, but I liked it. it. It kept Sheamus looking strong. It, it kept his heel heat, as you mentioned. And it also made Ziggler look strong because he was able to beat Sheamus, and that could it'll enable them to continue this feud down the line, hopefully not another Kiss Me Arse match. Um, but I, I, I also really like this, and I, I'm actually a big fan of Sheamus. I think he's a great in-ring worker. And all, and all bets aside, I think the gimmick really blinds uh, what Sheamus can actually do in the ring because he's a great brawler. I go back to, uh, I believe it was Hell in a Cell when he faced Cesaro in a great, great matchup that not a lot of people talk about. So this, this is no surprise to me that Sheamus can be really, really good in a matchup. So, but overall, I really like this matchup. I, I wish this stipulation didn't happen at all, really. But I kind of understand it. They're trying to make uh, Sheamus look dominant compared to the other wrestlers and that they should all kiss up to Sheamus. So overall, good matchup. I'm with you all the way. I feel like Sheamus is one of the more underrated workers in WWE right now. I can't remember the last bad match that this guy had. I mean, you go back to his matches with Randy or and the matches with John Cena weren't amazing, but if you give this guy the right opponent, whether he's with Daniel Bryan, those matches were phenomenal. I think that goes without saying. But Randy Orton, even though we've seen it a million times, always a good match. Daniel Bryan, and most recently Cesaro, like you said before, Zach, and Night of Champions, one of their pay-per-view they worked last year, last fall. Um, the guy always, is, is always a really good worker, and like I said before, him and Ziggler have nothing short of great chemistry together, so I'm looking forward to seeing them work another match at Payback. But, Zach, on that same note, do you feel like uh, the rematch at Payback will be a standard singles match, or do you think they're going to add another stipulation, like two out of three count falls, or something along those lines? Uh, I think we'll see another stipulation for this matchup. As you mentioned, maybe a two out of three falls match. Um, something that can make Sheamus look dominant as, as a dominant heel. So maybe uh, not a 60-minute Ironman match, but maybe a 30-minute Ironman match we could see. Um, but, again, knowing WWE, they could probably just go for a standard singles match in the next uh, in the upcoming pay-per-view payback. But uh, if, if they were to do a stipulation, I would be totally fine with a 30-minute Ironman match because both these competitors can go in the ring and could definitely go 30 minutes with each other. So uh, that's possibly what I could see at payback. RJ? Probably like false count anywhere. False count. That's what I, that, that's what I thought they were going to do the first time at Extreme Rules. But they didn't go that direction, obviously, in, in favor of the other dumb stipulation. But uh, false count anywhere, though? I feel like that could be a really nice matchup. I like the Iron Man matchup stipulation. Because like I said, with the exception of Dean Ambrose and Luke Harper, you know, technically, um, we haven't seen an Iron Man match in WWE since like 2009, I want to say. I think Orton and Cena. So um, it's been a while, and I feel like there's, if there's any two guys in the current roster that could that could pull up an Iron Man match, it would be Ziggler and Sheamus. So Falls can anywhere, Iron Man, whatever it may be, I feel like they will have a blockbuster bow at Payback in the next couple of weeks. So that was a nice matchup. Up next, and what a lot of people are calling the match of the night, and one of my mo- one of my favorite matches of the night, if not my favorite matchup of the night, um, the tag team title matchup, the New Day, knocking off Cesaro and Tyson Kidd to win the WWE tag team title. So RJ, I start with you. You are not happy with the New Day winning the title. So I want to get your thoughts on that and the match itself, which a lot of people are raving all about. I thought the match was good. They had its moments. I just I just don't think 
the New Day should have won, I think. Cesar and Kid should have kept the belts a little bit longer than they have. I guess, like you said, they're switching them babyface and go up the chase mode, but what would the point of them losing last month to just get the titles right back from the New Day? I think it would make zero sense, but it is what it is, and I just think the tag team division is suffering a little bit right now. They really don't have that many good, at least good teams. Like, Lucha Dragons weren't even on Raw last night. Um, primetime players haven't been on Raw at all. Ascension doesn't even count anymore. Like, right now it's pretty much the New Day and Cesaro and Kid they have. That's pretty much it. And they just need to continue to build more credible tag teams. They have credible tag teams. They just need to build them up more. I mean, Lucha Dragons are good. They're over. They're on Raw more often than not. Primetime players, Ascension, are never on the show. You can't you know, build credibility with those guys if they're never on the show. Um, but I do agree, though. I feel like, even though I'm not a huge fan of the New Day, I feel like putting the belts on them, like I said before, is only going to make them more hated by the audience. That's the only reason why I was for it. Like, when it first happened, I'm like, oh, you got new champs in the New Day. Because the Cesaro and Kid, like you said, they won the belts, what, two months ago at Fastlane? It really hasn't been that long. Um, but the New Day, though, in winning the belts will get them more over as heels. And I'm not going to say they've been flourishing, but they've been doing really, really well. A lot better than they were before. I mean, that's saying a lot because before they were atrocious. So at least in this role, um, they're taking it. They're running with the ball. So that's great to see. But, Zach, what were your thoughts on the matchup and the crowning of new tag team champions? Uh, I wasn't too big of a fan of the New Day winning the tag titles either. But looking at it now, this is a great a great way to really bring some heel heat over to the New Day. Um, I, they're still technically, I'd call them tweeners right now. They're still trying to act like faces, but they're getting booed. So this will give that slow burn to eventually make them full out heel. Maybe we'll see some sort of explosion by New Day on the crowd, just being totally upset. Um, but I, I do kind of like this setup. I would have liked to have seen Cesaro and Tyson Kidd retain and maybe just hold it a little bit longer for the Lucha Dragons to eventually take it over, whether that be Payback or, or SummerSlam, whatever. But I, I totally understand this booking decision, and I'm in full support of it as long as it gets them heel heat and it just makes them look better going on. Eventually, they better turn heel because there's no way they're going to move forward with them as faces. And especially if it means we get more matches like that. Like, I can't honestly tell you the last tag team title match that we got that was that freaking... I mean, actually, last year, the Wyatt family matches that the Usos had with them, last summer, okay, so I digress. But since then, in the last year, we have not gotten that great of a tag team title match. And I mean, I've said this before, the New Day, their gimmick is crappy as all heck, and they're finally turning them, thankfully. But, I mean, what you can't take away from them is that they are incredible athletes, all three of them. So, And I don't know if they'll do the free bird rule. I don't think so. But um, if we can get more matches like that at Payback and whatever else it may be, I think we're in for a great feud between these two teams. And especially if they can go full-fledged babyface with Cesaro and Kid. I'm hoping to hear them on, on the mic at some point. Kind of explaining them going babyface, I don't expect it. But it would be nice, though. And Cesaro and Kid are already over as it is. I mean, they were getting booed. But if you really dissect it, they have babyface like offense, like the the spinning, the the Cesaro swing, and then you have the drop kick from Tyson Kidd. A lot of their stuff is crowd pleasing offense, so that's going to get them over instantly anyway. But really, really good matchup. Like I said before, what a lot of people called the match of the night on Sunday night, and I can't argue with that. I thought it was a great matchup that I really enjoyed. I'm not a huge fan of the titles changing hands either, but in the long run, if it makes sense, if they have a Nice long reign with the belts, and either Cesaro and Kid get them back down the line, or they knock off, or the Lucha Dragons knock them off to win those belts at some point in, down the line, and uh, at SummerSlam or whatever, um, we could be in for a better state of tag team wrestling at some point um, in, in the near future, hopefully. 
So that being said, up next, another one of the marquee matches from the event at Extreme Rules. A Russian chain match for the United States Championship, essentially having the same rules as a strap match. So I thought it was a good match, a lot better than it had any right to be, but before I go any for, further with my thoughts on it, um, Zach, I want to get your thoughts on what, what did you think of the Russian chain match on Sunday night? Were you a fan of Cena winning and retaining the United States Championship, and where do you see the feud going from here now that, now that it's already confirmed for uh, payback in a couple months or a couple weeks? Um, well, I thought this I quit, or sorry, I quit, uh, strap chain match was much better uh, than the previous uh, chain slash strap matches that we've seen in the past. Um, but saying that, though, I wasn't too much of a fan of this match. I thought there were moments where it really, really dragged, and there were, there were some exciting moments, especially the end um, between Cena and Rusev. There's, there's just some stuff that kind of got me confused. Um, Cena doing the AA at the end, doesn't that kill his forward momentum that they've been pushing so hard throughout the entire match? There were some confusing moments during this matchup, but overall this was definitely one of the better strap matches. Um, but saying that, though, I was never, ever, ever a fan of the strap match stipulation, and I, and I was getting really tired of seeing these strap matches, especially a couple years ago at Extreme Rules itself. We had Sheamus versus Mark Henry, and that match was awful, I thought. And so going into this one, Rusev and Cena definitely have much better chemistry than Sheamus and Mark Henry. But saying that, though, it was still a strap match, and I wasn't really looking forward to it. But again, it really exceeded my experience expectations but saying that though there were moments where it dragged and there were moments where I just kind of got confused about some of the rules that they played put in yeah, I'm in the same boat. I've never been a huge strap match fan. I mean, I never thought they were any good. And the last three that we've had, like you said, they've all been in extreme roles. We had that match between Sheamus and Mark Henry, which was no good. Um, CM Punk and Umaga, I was not a fan of at all. Great show, not a fan of that match though. And then they had, um, I think it was JTG and Shad like one year, which was a random matchup, and that sucked. So yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of bad strap matches in the past. They exceeded expectations. And I mean, I, personally, I thought it was better than the WrestleMania match, which I thought was good. Their fast lane match is still my favorite, but I thought this bout was better than the one they had at WrestleMania. Cena going over, really no surprise there, um, as he should have. But the feud continuing, we'll get to that in a minute. I just, I don't get that. But the match itself was better than it had any right to be. They made the most of the, of the kind of a fluky, weird stipulation, Cena retained, so I really didn't have a problem with it. But RJ, what were your thoughts on the Russian chain match with Cena going over, still the United States champion? Uh, I just, I, I think I'm going to go with you guys. The strap match has never been one of my favorites. Um, the only one I can think of... Eddie that, and JBL. Eddie and JBL, yeah. I can just think of, I think it was Great American Bash 04, yep. and that was probably the only strap match I've ever watched and actually was, was entertained. This match is wicked confusing, like... Uh, he said that um, Cena hit the A, so wouldn't that kill his momentum? But that didn't, like... I just think the whole concept's so stupid. Like, at one point, like, they're both, like, in the middle of the ring, and they both have three touched. And then, like, it just, like, something that's just so stupid. I just think the strap match is so stupid. I think it... And, it, like you said, it dragged on a lot, and, like, it just, like, went on way too long than it should have been. I don't like the... I don't like the step to begin with, so... I wasn't a big fan of this match. I knew Cena was going to win, so... I wasn't too surprised, but... I think it's one of the worst steps they can put in a match. I think it's just, it adds for a very boring matchup. I know you can't do it anymore given the PG environment, but it would have been nice, and we've gotten this at Extreme Rules before, right before they went PG with Cena and JBL, but it was a first blood match. I feel like with the chain, 
in I don't know was it no we just saw Sheamus bleed that's what I'm thinking of whoever bled um that was Sheamus on King of the Ring but I feel like with the chain itself they could have had each other bleed they could have choked each other out with it or whatever I might I know that might have gotten a little gruesome but uh, I think it would have been more exciting than what we saw on Sunday but for what it was though I thought it was good um, a standard matchup I didn't think it was great but in terms of their respective chemistry together and the past stipulation of, of strap matches especially at that event it was better than I really honestly thought it would be and. Uh, it apparently serves as a stepping stone to the next pay-per-view where we will get, like I said before, in an I Quit match, Cena and Rusev for the United States Championship. No rematches afterwards. Cena said last night on Raw that win, lose, or draw, there will be no rematch between Cena and Rusev at any point after that. And this is the final chapter in their feud. But I'm just questioning why we're getting a rematch to begin with. So RJ, start with you. Why are they doing it again at Payback for the fourth time? Because they can. Any more insight on that? They can. They. I'm surprised they didn't do why I didn't see it last year at uh, Battleground again. Yeah. They just want. They can. They just gonna pull this feud as far as they can because they have nothing else for Cena right now. Or, okay. Yeah. So they're just gonna keep pulling it out, and then they're just gonna have the I Quit match, and then that's pretty much it. I mean, we're three weeks out, but and then we're not gonna actually gonna be here for payback predictions, but well, maybe we will talk about this next week in the last show. But still, what do you feel like is a plausible possible finish to that matchup? I mean, what can you do? Because Cena never quits. And then Rusev losing again for the third consecutive time would, would kill the guy. So do you have any ideas in mind for what they could possibly do? Rusev quit. There's That's nothing it. else I can think of. Yeah. I don't think the Lana thing is very plausible at all. I yeah. don't think he'd do that. I just think I just think I knew this was gonna happen and it just it's just so dumb. Rusev had so much momentum, now he's gonna lose it all. I just don't feel like I feel like him losing on Sunday did not kill the guy. Losing to Cena again at payback is going to kill the guy because he would have to either quit or he's already gotten pinned. Now he's going to have to submit too. So now he doesn't lay claim to having not submitted or not pinned or whatever. But um, yeah, like you said, I feel like they're probably just doing because they more so for Rusev than for John Cena because with Cena, there's so many other potential opponents for him as United States champion. I love the U.S. challenge. And I, I feel like they can go on for a long time if you bring guys like Zane or Belor or a returning superstar like a Rhino or something for one night. I don't know. Some NXT guys would be nice. You know, I think the U.S. Open has a lot of potential, but the feud continuing doesn't really make much sense. But, Zach, what were your thoughts on um, the next rematch announced between Cena and Rusev at Payback? Where do you see this, the direction of, the, of this feud going? Uh, I absolutely despise the rematch idea. I think it should have just ended with uh, the Extreme Rules matchup. It, it makes no sense, especially with a guy in John Cena whose whole motto is never give up. You're putting him in an I quit match with uh, Rusev. It's just ridiculous to me. And it's not going to help out Rusev in the end. The only logical thing I could think of that they could do for this I quit match um, is do something similar to what happened back in 1999, the Royal Rumble between McFoley and The Rock. You have a fake voice go, go over the microphone saying, I quit. Um, but that's a, maybe the only thing I could think of that could make both guys seem legitimate, especially Rusev, because Cena need, doesn't need this matchup, but Rusev really needs this matchup in order to really maintain his momentum, because I really do see Rusev facing Brock Lesnar down the road. Um, it could set up some awesome uh, matches between uh, Rusev and Lesnar. And in this Maybe you have Rusev. I would. This is just fantasy booking. But you'd have Rusev uh, make Cena quit, and you build him up as this unstoppable force. After Lesnar's done with his little uh, feud with Rollins, which I think is going to happen next, 
You have Lesnar face up against Rusev, two unstoppable beasts, and you finally have it climax at WrestleMania. That's what my thoughts is on that. But uh, the only logical thing that I think WWE would do would maybe do that similar Mick Foley thing back in 1999 uh, with the voice thing, but that's just my thoughts. I love the idea of Rusev and Brock Lesnar. I loved it a little bit more before Rusev got beaten. I think as him as an undefeated monster would have been nice, but you could still do it. I mean, like I said before, Rusev, just because he suffered his first loss, isn't dead in the water. He might be after payback if he loses to John Cena again. And we talked about this last year. But, I mean, we, we were complaining about when the Wyatt-Cena feud continued. I mean, why are they doing another match? And in that instance, I got it. Because, uh, you know, one guy, one win apiece, whatever. In this instance, one win apiece at WrestleMania and Fastlane. Cena wins at Extreme Rules. Cena's two and one. Why do you need to do another match? You know, I just like you said, RJ. I feel like they're just doing it because just because they need a next another feud for John Cena. So let's just continue this one. Thankfully, there's only three weeks until payback. It's not like four or five, so we won't have to sit through this for much longer. But you know, hopefully, it's worth it in the end. I I fear that they're just gonna have Rusev get beaten. But the whole I quit match, like Zach was talking about from uh, Royal Rumble 1999. I know they did it with Miz and Cena. I think. Um, when they had their I Quit match a couple of years ago, and you know they they have very short term memories, so they they probably don't even remember them. They'll probably do it again anyway. But yeah, I'm not a fan of the rematch, but the match on Sunday itself that was good. After that, we had the Divas Championship on the line. Uh, Naomi contending for the Divas Championship against Nikki Bella in a pretty good matchup. I mean, the crowd wasn't wasn't really all that invested in it. It was two heels, so I wouldn't really imagine they would. But they didn't hijack the match or anything like that. They were respectful. It was a good match. Nikki Bella won with the interference from Brie Bella at ringside. So Nikki Bella is still the Divas champion. Um, so RJ, as a Bella Twins fan, what were your thoughts on the matchup? Nikki Bella is still the Divas champion. And your thought, like what we were talking about before, the character development with Brie and Nikki, like what's the deal there? Love the victory by Nikki Bella. I think I was the only one predicted on WrestleRant predictions last week that Nikki Bella would retain the strap. Um... I just think I think she's just a, I think they've, she's developed into a great champion. I think she's a great in ring worker from where she became where she started. I feel like they when they debuted a couple of, uh, a few years ago, they weren't really that good. But I think Nikki's very has come off as like a big diva now, and um, I think it's good for her. I didn't want Naomi to win. I don't think she's a good heel at all. But it was nice to see Brie get involved after Nikki uh, Naomi hit her at ringside. And then Nikki wins with the rack attack, which is a great finisher in my mind. But um, and then just on to Brie, I feel like Brie Bell has zero direction right now. She like ever since the Stephanie McMahon and her and Nikki did their whole thing, she really hasn't done much. She hasn't won a match. I couldn't tell you the last time I saw her win a match. And I just think that they just have all their chips on Nikki right now because maybe maybe Brie's leaving soon that we don't know about, and who knows? But I think. I think Nikki can go. I think they built Nikki strong enough that she could go single, and once if Brie left, she could split away and have her own Nikki Bella, like the brand of her. I think she can. They built her up strong enough that she can split away from her sister and be successful. I could absolutely see that being the reason why they would be not burying Brie Bella, but not giving her enough attention as they are Nikki, because if she's leaving, we saw in Total Divas. Late last year, whenever the season finale was, that uh, they might be contemplating leaving. I don't, I don't see that happening. I think I, Nikki's definitely staying around. Brie, maybe, um, but yeah, I feel like they need to do more to kind of explain why she, why she went heel in the first place, and that was months ago, and why she went back babyface. But um, it is what it is. The match itself, though, I thought was good. Um, I didn't really have an issue with Nikki retaining. They're probably gonna do another rematch at the next pay per view anyway. 
And like you said, you're not a fan of Naomi as a heel, but infinitely better than what they were doing with her as a baby face. She's a natural baby face, but the new theme, two thumbs up. Only if you know, if only for the fact that it's better than Funk is on a roll that we've been hearing nonstop for the last three years. Uh, but yeah, I think with Nikki Bell, I mean, I mean, I've talked about this before with you, RJ. I'm not the biggest Bella Twins fan by any stretch. We know, but but they have come a long way, especially Nikki, more than anything else um, in terms of her character, and especially in the ring too. She can have a good matchup with AJ, Nikki, or AJ Page, Naomi, whoever. Um, you know, so I think you know, keeping the title on her for right now is fine if they intend to continue the feud going into payback. So, Zach, what were your thoughts on the Divas Championship match on Sunday night? I'll give credit where credit is due. Nikki Bella is definitely getting a lot better from what I've seen from her. Um, but saying that, though, I don't think her character is as good as people are saying it is. Um, there, there are moments where she is a good heel, but then there are moments where she takes it over the top and kind of does it's more of channel-changing heat, which is not the good heat that you want. Um, in terms of Naomi, I, I actually really like Naomi as a heel. I think she's progressing much better as a heel. Um, but I do agree with you. She's, she's a much more natural bat baby face. But saying that, though, she's really flourishing with a heel character, and she's actually starting to show more character uh, with that heel run. And I actually thought maybe we were going to see Naomi uh, pick up the title here just to show her as the top uh, heel until Paige comes back and sets up a uh, Paige versus Naomi Divas feud. But now it looks like we may just get a triple threat feud. Um, but other than that, um, the only thing, not, the only problem I have with Naomi, I just find her very inconsistent in the ring. She has her moments where she's really, really good, and then she has her moments where she can just really, really do not do very well in the ring at all. But other than that, this matchup was fine. Uh, it was your standard uh, Divas match, um, but yeah, nothing too too much else to it. The thing with Naomi, I feel like, is that she's, like you said, she's really, really good. She's extremely athletic. She's one of the bright prospects they have right now in the Divas division, but she's still progressing, and maybe that's why they didn't give her the belt here. I don't know, but I feel like she will continue to get better in time, and the character development is there, like you said, I feel like, but the in-ring work still needs some improvement, and I feel like she will get there in time. And as you said, it's pretty obvious. They're pretty, they're, they're pretty much setting up um, AJ, or not AJ, excuse me, Paige versus Naomi for the belt down the line. They'll either do a triple threat at, not payback, I don't know when Paige is due back, maybe at Money in the Bank or whatever, Battleground, whatever pay-per-views are in the summer. But uh, that, that seems to be the direction they're going in, so I don't really have an issue with that. But yeah, the match, for what it was worth, served its purpose. Good match. Uh, Could have used some more time in terms of getting the crowd behind it and whatever, but that's just due to the fact that you know, Naomi, while she's coming along as a heel, they just don't really know how to react to the Bell Twins right now, whether they're baby faces or heels or tweeners or whatever. I guess we'll find out in time. But um, they could be doing a little better on that front in terms of giving the Divas something to latch onto. Up next, though, in terms of unexpected, pleasant, surprising matches of the night, pleasantly surprising matches, the last man standing match between Big Show and Roman Reigns, which had every, you know, it had every right to be a massive train wreck, but it was anything but. I thought it was a really, really good match. I, I'm hesitant to call it a great match, but I thought, you know, I'm, I'm probably just thinking it's really, really good because it's Roman Reigns and Big Show, 
because you know you think of the other matches they've had, they've just they're just have not been good. Easily the best match they ever had, and the the stipulation worked. Roman Reigns looked really really good in victory. Big Show was not on Raw last night. I don't know what that means, whether he's gone for right now or just for this week. I mean, fingers crossed he's gone for the time being. We can only hope. But I thought the match itself that was really really good. So Zach, your thoughts right off the bat in the last man standing match? Do you feel they exceeded expectations? Oh, yes, they definitely exceeded expectations in this one, exceeded my expectations as well. I was expecting this uh, match really bomb, and I didn't really want it to happen because I do. I am starting to grow into Reigns more. He's starting to get progressively better each week, even with his promos. Um, I still don't feel he's just ready yet for that main event scene. Um, I still think he just needs a couple more matches. Maybe you have him go up against Rusev after he's done with Cena just some of those guys, and then you start to ascend him up the ladder a little bit more. But he is getting progressively better. This matchup, I found, was very good. Um, the, 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 the beginning part was uh, quite boring, I thought, to start off with, uh, just kind of walking around, lying down. Um, but it really picked up, and that ending with Reigns just uh, putting big, spearing Big Show through the table and then putting another table on top, that was quite awesome. And... Uh, I just I, I did like this matchup and it really it actually made Reigns look really really good in the end and hopefully this uh, leads to his uh, title match down and down at Payback down the road. And a third consecutive strong performance by Roman Reigns on pay per view. A really good match with Daniel Bryan at Fastlane, an amazing match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and then this match on Sunday night. He's coming along very very well. And as you said, I don't think he's a hundred percent ready yet for that title reign for the reign as WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Maybe by SummerSlam, maybe a little bit past that, but I have no issue with him in the main event of Payback, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But the match itself, though, a lot better than I thought it was going to be by far. I thought it was going to be like one of the worst matches of the night, if anything. As you said, uh, RJ, you, you said it was your favorite match of the night, so please explain. I just thought it was one of the better, like you said, the best match they've had together. I, I was pretty intrigued throughout the whole match. Like you said, they it was just so much better than what they've had before. Love the spear through the table, through the... Uh, ring barricade and uh, the only thing I had a problem with was him burying Big Show it's been seen a hundred times Cena did the same thing to Wyatt last year payback with the I don't know if I think I think it was a table I don't even know what the hell he buried him he buried him with something a barricade that he couldn't get up with steel steps steel steps okay but um, besides that I didn't really have a problem with the match that was good it was the best match of the night so good for Roman Reigns and Big Show you know what John pointed out to me last man standing match two years ago Royal Rumble Del Rio and Big Show, same person, when he put the commentating table over him to win the World Heavyweight Championship. Remember that? It was on SmackDown. Mm. Same exact thing happened. So like you said, they, they always end these matches the same. Like, why can't we have something like when Cena went through the light? You know, like a backlash. Like, that was great. That was innovative. I know you can't do that exact same spot again, but instead of burying somebody, not like figuratively, but in this case, literally, in terms of a commentating table, we've seen it before. Yeah, the finish I was not a fan of. They could have just done the spear, and that was it. Like, I thought that was great. That was a great visual, and they could have just ended on that. But really, really good match. Looking forward to Roman Reigns uh, continued to ascend towards the main event spot in months to come. His progress is coming along very, very well. So we get to the main event for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, a steel cage match 
with stipulations galore. It was a steel cage match. You had Kane as the um, special guest referee or the guardian of the gate, excuse me. And also the RKO band, whether it was Orton using it or everybody using it, I really have no idea. People have been going back and forth on that. But it doesn't matter. Seth Rollins is still the WWE World Heavyweight Champion regardless. Um, you know, a lot of conflicting thoughts on this matchup. So, our, our, um, uh, Zach, kicking it off, what were your thoughts on the Steel Cage matchup? Do you think it was bad? Do you think it was good? Do you think it was overbooked? Uh, what were you thinking during it? I thought this was incredibly overbooked, and there were some moments where I just didn't like it. Um, I did like some of the in-ring stuff, but some of the moments uh, during this matchup, uh, I I thought it was overbooked. It the uh, climbing of the cage by Noble and Mercury just totally gave way of uh, Orton's reasoning of picking the steel cage in the first place was to get people out, which did absolutely nothing for him in the process. Um, I the the one thing I was confused about, tri- uh, not Triple H. Randy Orton doing the pedigree to Seth Rollins. While it was a cool move, why did he have to do it? I don't. I still don't understand why he did the pedigree. They never explained why. It's not sort of a attack on the authority. It's just kind of a move that he did. The only thing I could think of is he's running out of finishers, so you might as well use the finisher that Triple H uses a lot. And usually, guys don't get up from the pedigree. Um, and and again. I, I thought there was just way too many moments, and I didn't like the ending with the, as, as Rollins referred to it, the SKO. Um, I, I thought it just totally went against the stipulations, and I, I, it was just confusing right at the end. I thought it was just too crazy, too much commotion, that it really bogged down the quality of this matchup, which I think was there in terms of in-ring stuff, and there were some cool moments, but... It was just so overbooked to the point where I just felt it was just way, it really dropped in terms of quality. I thought it was overbooked as well. I mean, with steel cage matches, you know, it, it's been the norm. I'm not saying it's okay. It's, it's it's like, it's acceptable. But, you know, we've seen this. We saw it with Cena and Wyatt last year. I hated that match. But I know you did too, RJ. Hated Cena Wyatt last year for all the interference from the Wyatt family. This year, no different with... Uh, with uh, the authority, with J&J security, you have Kane coming in, which you had to be seen coming, you know. But the finish itself I thought was good. I mean, I thought the, I, I thought the RKO spot was good, and I know RJ liked it as well. So, RJ, if you want to explain, I want to get two sides of the fence here. Uh, why did you like it? Like the match or the finish? Well, the finish, well, the finish itself and then the match. I think the finish was great because he was pretty much saying that Orin can use the move, but you can't use your move, so I'll use it instead. And it had a great story because, like, the heel – Use something that's banned, and people like were confused. Like, was it banned or was it not? Or like, only Orin could use it. Like, I think it was just a great. I think it was a great heel tactic for Rollins to use Orin's move that he banned from the from the match, and then just escape the cage like a little weasel that he is. Instead of pinning him. Instead yeah. of pinning him, yeah. So Orin didn't lose by pinfall. So I think that was great. And then, like you said, the match they had too many interferences. But come on, it's steel cage in 2015. It happens all the time. They need, if anything, Orange should have done what G, uh, Big Show did a couple years ago against JBL. Had the barbed wire on the top of the cage so no one from the cabinet could get in and no one interfered in that match either. So I think, like, obviously we've seen the last couple of years, like, the Wyatt family trying to get it in and J&J and Kane. Like, you know in a steel cage they're going to somehow try to get in. And we've seen the same thing with Hell in a Cell matches. People get in all the time now. So, like, the, the Orange shouldn't have used that stip. It just, it's just so dumb now. That steel cage means nothing. But, um... I thought it was good for what it was. Like you said, the in-ring stuff was great. Interference, everyone knew it was going to happen. But 
I like I love Seth Rollins, so a great victory for him and gets a lot of heat on him for using a band move and winning by escaping the cage. As you said, I feel like he makes Orton look like a goof for selecting the steel cage match. <laughs> like, did you not watch Extreme Rules last year with Cena and Wyatt? You weren't you on that show too? Because that stipulation, I mean, it's a shame. I'm a traditionalist. I'm an old school wrestling fan in that it's the, the steel cage should be used as the be all end all. You know, like as it used to be. I'm not even saying like back in the 60s or 70s, but you go back like 20 years ago, even not even 15, 10 years ago. When a steel cage, I'm thinking, you know, Triple H and Ric Flair from like Taboo Tuesday 05, like stuff like that. Like that was a bloody match. I, actually, that might have been their first match, so maybe that's not a good example. But, you know, when it used to end a feud, we're getting Orton Rollins again next month. So what's the point of that matchup when you know the authority is going to You can to see the same thing with Hell in a Cell, though. That used to be like the end all be all, too. Oh, that's even worse because we get that at the same time every single year. Like that's even worse, you know. That's, that's, that's supposed to be like ten times more brutal. And then we get, oh, it's October. Time to do another Hell in a Cell match. And you have <laughs> fucking Y interfering in the authority, whatever. <laughs> that's another one for another day. But, yeah, I thought the match itself was good, though. I, I thought from an in-ring standpoint, I thought it was good. Um, the finish, the RKO spot, I, I did I did enjoy. Like you said, I thought it kind of stuck it to him saying, you can't use this move, but I can. And there was a lot of controversy. Was it banned from the match? Was Orton only banned from using it? And, you know, a lot of arguing between a lot of people on Twitter and whatnot, but that was never really cleared up on Raw last night. I mean, it was alluded to, but, you know, Triple H or whoever never came out and said, um, you know, this it wasn't banned or whatever. You know, like they never really explained what the significance of that was. But nevertheless, though, I thought the match was good. The WrestleMania match was better, obviously. Um, but I am glad that Rollins is still the champion. We're getting that triple threat match at payback. So on that note, um, Zach, what were your thoughts on the announcement of a triple threat match at payback coming up for the uh, for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship between Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns? Are you a fan of it, and what would you have done instead? Um, I am a, I am a fan of the uh, triple threat match at Payback uh, between Reigns, Orton, and uh, Rollins. Um, I didn't like how it uh, led to that with the stupid WWE poll, um, but otherwise it would it does make sense um, for Reigns to get back into the title hunt after uh, conquering the big show, and it also makes sense for Orton in the end. Um, so I like it. it it's, a, it's a smaller pay-per-view payback, and it just gives uh, them another chance to try and show Reigns as this uh, top guy in the company. And hopefully we'll, we'll probably see Rollins versus Reigns on its own uh, after payback, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do like this matchup, and, I, and I'm looking forward to it at payback. RJ? I told you this yesterday, um, but I don't know. I think they should have done something with Kane. I know Kane's not the biggest, biggest people lover nowadays. No one really gives shit about Kane anymore. But after him chokeslamming Orin and Rollins and then letting Rollins win... They should have done something with Kane, because Kane and Rollins have the beef. Then Orton and Kane have a beef. So where the hell does Reigns fit into this at all? I get he beat the Big Show, but come on, the Big Show means nothing nowadays. If anything, they should just kept doing. They should keep doing Big Show and Reigns till Payback, because I thought their match or till yeah Payback, right? Yeah, Payback. Because mm-hmm. I thought their match was good enough, but maybe they're just gonna end that and Big Show can do whatever he wants. But Kane should have some involvement in this because he's the one that. Chokeslam, Ron, he's chokeslam Rollins twice, I believe. How many time. times? Yeah. Exactly, and then he chokeslams Orton and then screws Orton over. But then Orton doesn't really care that, because then Orton came out last night was bitching that he used RKO and not really complaining that Kane interfered, which was stupid and weird. I think they should have Kane like, what I was my proposal was him in the he was like in the King of the Ring, he comes out with the mask again, 
He seems like a threat. Him or in in Rollins at at uh, payback. Rollins beats Kane, and then Kane's retired or something. Kane's not in the picture anymore. But they need to do something with Kane. They can't just have him keep interfering and then him not being in any of the matches. I just don't think Reigns really deserved to get in the match. Well, they're continuing to tell the story with him, the teasing tension between Rollins and Kane. And I mentioned to you, I am glad that he's not in the match itself from a match, from like an in-ring standpoint. We're going to get the better match out of Reigns, Orton, and Rollins. So I look forward to that. But the thing with Kane was that he was the guardian of the gate. He almost said referee, whatever. Um, he, you know, he was, a, he was a primary focus in that steel cage match. So is he going to be the referee for the payback match? Like, where does he go from here? I agree with what you're saying. And I feel like they have to blow that off in some former fashion, whether it's him, him and Rollins at whatever the next pay-per-view is after that, Money in the Bank. Like, you know, a year after Kane helped him win the Money in the Bank briefcase. You know, I don't know if they would have. They've actually been alluding to that, so maybe that's in, in the cards. I'm not maybe, really sure. Maybe they could do, like, him versus Kane at Money in the Bank. And then they do Reigns and Orton, whoever wins next match. Against Number Rollins. one contenders match. Number yeah. one contenders match, yeah. and then Reigns would win. I, I'd hope because Orton just yeah lost. he's done. Yeah, Orton's great. Yeah, but I feel like Reigns is next in line. And then go. Then it'd be Money in the Bank, Battleground, Battleground, and then they have or no. Then they have this should be great. They could then they could do Rollins and Reigns again at Battleground. Lesnar. Lesnar comes out and screws them. And then they have Lesnar and Reigns. I mean, no, Re- Lesnar and Rollins at SummerSlam. Reigns comes out and screws up Lesnar, so Lesnar loses to Rollins, and they could just do Reigns and Lesnar on the side. With Reigns as the heel. With Yeah, exactly. Double turn, baby. And then Rollins can just go off in his merry way and just keep his, what he's going. Him and Ambrose Beat again. everybody, yeah. They just do him and Ambrose again. Oof. It just, I think that the possibilities with Rollins as champion are so much like they're just so good that they just can't take the belt off him. Right I know, now. I know it's not in the cards, but it would be amazing <laughs> if they kept the belt on him until WrestleMania for that triple threat with the Shield with Reigns and like Reigns has to go through Lesnar before he can go back in the title hunt. He finally beats Brock Lesnar and he enters the match at WrestleMania. Dean Ambrose is in there too. They make him mean something again. I know he won on Sunday, but he's not main event level yet. Nowhere near it. And Ambrose, after losing to Rollins time and time again last year, finally wins the belt of WrestleMania. Poor Reigns. Poor Reigns. Yeah, the second year in a row, the family's going to be like, what the fuck? You were supposed to win last year. Why didn't he win this time? And we're going to get the whole family thing. Fucking the annoy family. Crying the annoy family. Yeah, like, why did he not win? I could see that. I could totally see that happening. But, no, yeah, there's so many things you can do with uh, Seth Rollins' champion. I like that scenario where you can do triple threat at payback. You could do Rollins and Kane at, what is it, the Money Bank, Battleground, Rollins and Reigns, and then Lesnar and Rollins at at SummerSlam. I think, like I said, we said this before, but I think Rollins needs to hold it to at least SummerSlam to make his WrestleMania victory seem, like, amazing. Yeah. Like, if he drops the next month, I'd be like, yep, there goes that match. (laughs) Exactly. One of the greatest moments in WrestleMania history ruined in two months. I'd be like, yeah. Just like Survivor Series, though. Can't push it by WWE. Gets fired and comes back next week. Not their fault, but Daniel Bryan's big win ended up with him having to vacate the belt. You know, yeah, it's but that got, wasn't their fault. It was though. bad timing. It was bad timing, but I feel like his reign would have been better if he held it until SummerSlam. And he got squashed in, instead of John Cena. You know, like that, was, <laughs> that was still in the plans regardless. It just ended up being Cena instead of Bryan. Um, you know, he would have had a better reign if that was the case. But nevertheless, though... Uh, you know, that should be a really good match. Final topic here, though. We've been speculating about this a lot. Who is Bray Wyatt's next opponent? It was revealed last night. It is Ryback. So we're getting Ryback versus Bray Wyatt seemingly at payback. RJ, I'll start with you first. 
What are your thoughts on this feud? I know you have two minds on it, so I want to kind of get your thoughts on who you think should win. Should it even be happening at all? And what feud would you be doing with Bray Wyatt instead? I think it's something for Bray Wyatt to do. Um, uh, there's no really other faces you could really put him against right now that make him seem legit. Like he beat our truth beat Eric Rowan. Like those are two guys that no one really cares about right now. So him against Ryback is something to do right now. Wyatt should not lose the Ryback at least, not even once. Shouldn't even not no way should lose to him. And then hopefully Brian will come back and then they need to do Wyatt and Brian for the belt. Wyatt finally winning the belt and finally winning a title so he can build some credibility to possibly be in the WWE World Heavyweight Championship picture. Um like I said, I was pretty pissed about him losing the Undertaker and uh, me and John had that big argument and I didn't think like he really hasn't done anything since WrestleMania with, like he, what you're stating basically not he existing. hasn't done anything really he's beaten R-Truth and Eric Rowan but that's nothing on Smackdown and which means had, it doesn't matter and he's had plenty of vignettes that they're good for what they are but you need to see him in the ring hopefully I don't think the Ryback and him in the ring will be any classic or great matches but it's something for him to do now hopefully Brian comes back sooner than rather than later Gets him in a title match, hopefully at SummerSlam, beats him at SummerSlam, and why it's the new IC champion and keeps the ball running with good IC champions. They need to do a clear cut winner in this feud. They can't do the cookie cutter crap, like the back and forth, like I give you one win, but I get another one. Like that doesn't help anybody. You know, if they give. Uh, if they give Ryback one win and then they give Bray Wyatt another victory, it's not going to help. So it's ridiculous. Hopefully we can get a clear-cut winner with this feud down the line. But before we go off the year, Zach, what are your thoughts on the feud between Ryback and Bray Wyatt? Are you Who do you expect to go over in this, and do you think it's the right opponent for Bray Wyatt to have right now? Um, I am kind of interested in this feud. It's two uh, big guys, two guys known for their brawling ability, so I'm very excited moving forward. Um, I don't like how they meet. Uh, or they met, sorry, I don't, there's no real heat between them that could really make Bray Wyatt go and attack Ryback, and we're probably not going to get any explanation as to why Bray Wyatt would choose Ryback, um, but this may shock some people, but I do see Ryback going over on Bray Wyatt um, in this feud, and I think the reason why they'll do that is they're going to try and elevate as many stars as they can, because right now they're very limited in terms of their main event stars. They've got a bunch of part-timers in Triple H, uh, Brock Lesnar, Sting. They've got one full-timer that's now being pushed down the card in uh, Cena, and they're trying to put Rollins and Orton in this main event scene, but they're also trying to push others up. And right now we've got Reigns, and there's also... Uh, Kane is, trying, is for, for lack of a better term, is being put up into the main event. So I think what this is is trying to put up more stars to try and fill in that main event scene, um, so I do see Ryback getting the win over Bray Wyatt in this feud, um, which would be definitely bad for Wyatt. But at the same same time, they need some new stars, and I think this could be the feud that could help ascend Ryback uh, into uh, a stardom area. Hopefully with whoever goes over, like I said before, they can just go all the way with it. Like if Ryback wins here, and then Wyatt wins at the next pay-per-view, it's not going to help anybody. So they need to go with... You know, either one pay-per-view match or two or whatever. They did it with Dean Ambrose. Why not just do it again? Just give either Bray Wyatt two wins, Ryback two wins, whoever goes over in this feud. They need to give them back-to-back wins, the final victory. None of this, even even Stephen Booking, it's just not going to work out in the end. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the feud. It's something for Wyatt to do. It's better than him doing promos every single week. They're just wasting this guy. And I know, I know that match with Undertaker, quote-unquote, elevated him, but they haven't even mentioned the match 
since it happened a month ago. It's like it never even happened. We never heard from Undertaker. Um, if they're going to keep him off TV until the match is staying, I don't see why you just didn't put him at WrestleMania. He was not that crucial of a component at WrestleMania that he needed to be around. But I digress, though. I'm looking forward to that. So that's about it. There's not much else on Raw. It was a decent show last night, but those were the two talking points coming out of Monday Night Raw and Extreme Rules on Sunday night. So on that note, Zach, thanks so much for coming on. Last Minute Man, really do appreciate it. Uh, but you are a fellow podcaster. People can check you out and send in questions at a certain email. So if you'd like to plug your email, where people can find the show, where they can find you on Twitter, um, now's the time. You got the mic. Awesome. So uh, if you guys want to check me out, uh, Rod's Gibby Podcast. I've got a website up, Rod's Gibby Podcast on blogspot.com. There's many different stuff there. You can submit questions there. Uh, we're starting up a new poll of the week there. Um, so that's going to be pretty exciting. Get to hear uh, some of the uh, fans' thoughts. Um, and there's uh, plenty of different stuff. we got forums, all that good stuff, and, of course, old episodes of the Rod's Gibby Podcast, which you could go check out. Uh, if you want to send in questions, you can uh, tweet me, at Roz Gibby. You can also find me on Facebook under the same name. You can also uh, send an email uh, with your question, rozgibbypodcast at gmail.com. Um, but, yeah, guys, go check it out. I think it's a good podcast for everybody. You heard it here first, folks. It is at Roz Gibby on the Twitter, Facebook, email. He's everywhere, guys. Check out the show. It's great stuff. Always enjoy listening to it myself. But like I said, Zach, thanks so much for coming on, man. We appreciate it, and hopefully we can catch you down the road. Yeah, that'd be great. Sounds great, man. Thanks again for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya. See you, man. RJ, of course, this time of the night, you're a shameless plugs. Second to last one, by the way. I know. I'm just... So stressed out from schoolwork. I don't know who I'm going to get out there. I know. Finals and stuff. I know. It's uh, crazy. Cam, Caroline, Molly, Shannon, Graham. That's pretty much it. At RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter. Um, my article, next article will be up on nextarrowwrestling.net. Eventually, people, there's a bunch of stuff going on right now at school. Finals, papers, projects, you know, all this stuff's happening right now. It's not the greatest time to be. It's college, Free baby. time right now is limited, so um, it'll get up there eventually. Don't worry about it. But um, besides that, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Where's Ray? Hashtag where's Ray? Hashtag where is Ray? So speaking of Ray Mysterio, he's included <laughs> on my list of the top 50 superstars in WWE history. Remember that. This is not top 50 wrestlers. If this was top 50 wrestlers, Hulk Hogan would not be on this list. Ultimate Warrior would not be on this list. Guys like that would not be on here. So yours is superstars. Superstars, yes. WWE's was wrestlers. Theirs was superstars, too. Boo! Theirs was a little different. I know. Well, no, I wanted to do superstars because wrestlers is a little bit harder. Because I wasn't around, like, I can't say was, I know, like, Dean Malenko. Like, there's so many people to consider. You know, like, Dean Malenko, all the younger guys. I wanted to go with, like, the the cream of the crop. Like, people that I would know, you know. So Um, when's it going up? It is going up hopefully tomorrow on HiddenRemote.com. You can check it out there. I'll be tweeting out the link at WrestleRant on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews on YouTube at GrahamGSM.Matthews as well. Bleach Report, same thing. So kind of incorporating all the plugs in it to answer your question. But, but What are you going to say about Rey Mysterio? Rey Mysterio is on the list is what I'm saying. That was kind of the time. That was kind of my segue for that for my plugs. So it's 50, 50 people? 50 people. The largest. No, not the largest article I've ever done. I actually ranked all the Raw guest yeah, hosts yeah, in history last year. That. that was bigger. Do you get a hint, any hint on anybody on the part? Any placement on the card on the card anyone like just a hint of someone top 10 maybe someone in the top in 10 the top 10 you might no, just give us a hint just don't even say where they are just a hint who's in the top 10 one person triple h 
right. Triple H is in the top ten superstars in WWE history. Got some help from at underscore John's Jargon on Twitter. We were on the phone uh, together for like Graham, two hours Graham last night. Graham wasn't feeling the Triple H in the top ten? What? Were you not feeling Triple H in the no, top ten? No, I was. Oh. We, we both agreed on that. But I just wanted to make sure. It was other stuff. Like that we were. Like I didn't have a few people on my list. I didn't have even a big show on my list. And he, he is one of the top superstars in history. And he wasn't even on my list for some reason. I just Mr. forgot Kane? about it. Kane's on there as well. He was on there and he still is. So a few people didn't make the cut. I have a question. Is, is Rey Mysterio higher than The Big Show? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you. i got to right. go back and look. I'm going to jump off a cliff now. If he's not higher than him, he's relatively close. I can tell you that right now. You can check out the list tomorrow. Like I said, hiddenremote.com, like RJ said. NextEraWrestling.net where you can listen to the entire archive of this show. From the last year and a half, we talk about everything. So WWE... And just pretty much WWE, just wrestling. So make sure you check it out. We'll be back next week, though. Live365.com backslash stations backslash ECTV73. RJ's final show here on EC Radio for the next year. I mean, in person, anyway. You're not going to be here in the fall, are you? I might be. I'm not sure yet. Okay, so there's a chance. There's a chance. I don't know what my internship's going to be yet, so... Okay, but at least for the summer, though, we will not be having you in person for the show. Hopefully, we'll, we'll be... will call in a few We'll times. be able to call, of course. We'll be able to call in. I already call, few... I called dibs on the SummerSlam preview show. <laughs> since we're going to SummerSlam, so. Exactly. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, if Mike can work something out where we can all get together before the show, just do some freaking grand old... Um, yeah, pay-per-view prediction panel Round podcast. Table. Round table. That's what I'm looking for. Whew. That'd be beautiful. SummerSlam, 117 days away, baby. Looking forward to it. It's a great show. I already got my tickets. We're hashtag, hashtag book it. Book the tickets. Book the trip. We're there. So like I said, we'll be back next week, Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Central Time. Wrestle Rant on the Twitter, Facebook, nextdoorwrestling.net, at RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter. Make sure to find it out, folks. We'll catch you next week right here on WrestleRant Radio. Have a great week, and we'll catch you then.